Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to this live stream. I'm honored to be here with you guys. Really excited. Um, today I have a special guest who's joining us and we're going to be talking about something I love talking about, and that is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to be talking about this thing that happened in the book of Acts chapter two, where this thing that Yeshua said is so important for us to know about. And when he told his disciples, it's good that I go because I am sending a comforter, a helper, a Holy Spirit. And today I have a special guest who's joining me, who's, who I'm going to introduce soon to you guys. Um, but I want you to ask yourself the question, okay, do I know the Father? Do I know the Son? Do I know Yeshua? And also now, do I know the Holy Spirit? Do you know him? Do you do you have a relationship with him? Because Yeshua did. He prayed and he was filled with the Spirit. And he understood that by the power of the Spirit, he can do the um, do the will of his Father. And in the same way, that's what we can do. But by that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, who can now live in us. So, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, my guest, uh, Nathan. Thank you so much for joining me, brother. Uh, Nathan Harmon, I just want to introduce him to you guys. His wife and him started wilderness driven family, a ministry focused on preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom and pursuing God in a balanced spirit and truth walk. They travel to many meetings, assemblies, churches across the country, sharing what God has put in them. They also do large church, excuse me, large tent meetings all across the country under their big white tent called Jesus meetings. He also founded Your Life Speaks in 2016, an organization focused on mental health and substance abuse. And for the past several years, uh, Your Life Speaks has become the most booked school assembly program in the United States. Nathan, thanks for joining me, brother. Yeah, Petey, how are you, brother? Oh, brother, I'm blessed. I'm excited to be with you here, man. I think this is going to be so great. Um, we've, we've done something together. For those of yeah. you who maybe have seen it on our channels, um, we got together to speak about this before a little bit, but tonight I hope for us to to go even deeper and further. What do you think about that, bro? Yeah, man. I, I think that the more we can encourage and, and inspire people to be an intimate and intentional with with the Spirit, you know, with with, with the Holy Spirit, um, he's just he he's a culmination to me of of really the work of Yeshua. Um, I mean, more than even, and I, I always put it on, I don't like putting on the level of redemption or, you know, some of the things and the acts that God's did through, through our, um, just through Yeshua, through Jesus. But to me, the primary purpose was to always put his spirit in us. And that with Yeshua's primary purpose was to defeat death in such a way and to be able to empower and, and be able to be entrusted with Holy Spirit to now live in us. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love it when you and I had got to connect a little bit on that last our last chat together. We're not in the same room, which, you know, it's always better when we're literally face to face. But that's the goodness also of technology that we can do stuff like mm -hmm. this and hopefully bless, just bless the father and, and be a, a witness and ambassador to the king in this talk and anybody who's watching this just to really 
hopefully just be impacted to go into their secret place and uh, Amen. get it cultivated, you know? Amen. Yeah. You know, ju guys, just a little bit about my background here. Um, I uh, and Nathan, I'd love for you all to share after that a little bit about yours. Um, but but I grew up um, Dutch reformed back in South Africa and, and Dutch reformed. I mean, if you if you've heard about the thing, this thing called the Reformation, Okay, um, my ancestors were the guys who were involved in that, the Huguenots. My mom's surname is Hugo, actually. It's kind of funny. And, um, you know, so w like we were involved to some extent in the Reformation way back, my ancestors. And and now I am sitting in South Africa as a kid. I'm growing up in church in this Reformed church. And I get this hunger inside my heart because I'm looking around as beautiful, okay, people, they love God. But there's this thing in me that's uncertain because when we, when I read the book of Acts, when I read the things that were actually happening within the first century, it was like, wow, like, I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't see these things around me. Like, I, I'm looking around and, and I don't see people casting out demons. I don't see uh, people laying hands on others and the sick being healed. I don't see prophecy, uh, the gift of prophecy. I don't see the gift of words of knowledge. I, I don't, etc. Like, and, and I'm not saying the Holy Spirit was not there at all. I think that just the way that we comprehended the Holy Spirit was, and how we may even there say limited him to put him in this box to is that he was some the spirit that teaches us things and that's biblical right um and he's also you know um he helps us in our relationship with god and all these things but that was it and even though that's fine and great when we look at what yeshua called his disciples to it was so much more and even i want to dare say even more exciting than even that it's not just about god who wants to teach us he does want to do that but he also wants to give us these tools, this power to actually go out and do the things that he did. And and as a young boy, that's what I desire to do. I I remember going to um, university growing up and all that. And, and I had this such a hunger, such a, a desperation for this that one day the Lord just came to my heart and he said, uh, Petey, you know, go to Hatfield Square, this place that was close to my house. And he's just like, PD, go there. And I want you to just, there's someone you need to meet. And long story short, I ended up going, got out of my car. And I, there's this guy who bumps into me and he's got a, a problem on his shoulder. And he's just like, pray for my shoulder. And this is like the first thing that happens when I get out of my car. And I've never seen a healing, never been in a church where stuff like that happens, never any of that supernatural kind of weird stuff, you know, to me it weird back then. But I stepped out in great, I stepped out in faith. I wanted to see. And I didn't, I was so desperate that I didn't even care what this person would think of me anymore because, you know, I was so hungry and I ended up praying for him and he ended up getting healed. And then he turned around and called his brother, who's his friend, who had an issue in his foot and he got healed and they're they're local and they call more people and more people come and this is on the streets of South Africa and, and Pretoria and more people come and more people come and there's like a crowd and we're just praying for people and they're getting healed and it was such a life 
life-changing night for me. And I realized when I was in my car driving back home, tears flowing down. And God was like, Petey, this is not about you. This is for my bride. And I desire for her to walk in it. And since then, man, my life, I've just been so hungry to see God's people walk in this kind of thing. So Nathan, tell me a little bit about, do you have, can you tell me in short a little bit about your journey with the Holy Spirit? You know, how were you introduced and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was raised as um, more of a, in a denomination where there's a lot of cessationism, right? Where the gifts um, were for the time of the book of Acts and then they kind of ceased. Uh, but through my journey and through my, um, just my encounter when really I encountered the Messiah in a deep way. And I knew that I knew that he was real. Um, and that God of the God of the Bible was real. Um, and there was unequivocal just belief in me. Uh, it was in a really dark process because of my, my story of, I was in a bad accident and, and there was a, a life that was impacted and, and was lost. My friend named Priscilla. And her family, three days after that wreck, forgave me. Um, then they didn't know me, and they showed me grace. And so I always say grace became more than a word in the Bible. It became an experience. I experienced grace in a deep way. And even though the family had forgiven me, and I knew God had intersected my story, I was still... I still, you know, sometimes there are consequences for our choices. And so long story short, I found myself incarcerated, sentenced to 15 years. And I got released 11 years early and, and that kind of began the ministry. But it was in that place that I just had the most earth shattering, life changing encounter with the Holy Spirit. Just a place where he came upon me in the cell and, and God just began to just, I was, I was almost paralyzed because um, I was by myself and I was slaying on the ground for hours um, and I knew that that baptism um, was, was well more than what I was raised with having that deep relationship right and so in that I began having dreams and visions and he has just now constantly continued to become this place of just abiding in him where he, he's longing just to allow people to know how much he's always around his, his people, his, you know, and, and that the, he is there to equip the bride. And so I've saw some, some miracles since then. I, 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 I'm big on the power of grace and forgiveness and that we quench the Holy Spirit as a believer because of bitterness. We can get into that later. But I feel that the enemy's done a really good job of not only jamming up the truth um, and creating mixture, but also in spirit. He's jammed up the spirit's ability to flow because of so much bitterness and just a lack to really allow the flesh to die because we keep trying to look like the world. So he's, he's, he's jammed up. The enemy's been able to jam these two areas up. Um, and I feel like bitterness and a lack of forgiveness is ego, especially in America. The why, why we don't see these things in America. 
is because we, you, you hear amazing stories like yours, BD, and a lot of others in other countries where miracles and the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom is, is prevalent more. In America, we don't. But I believe it's because there's so much bitterness and envy and animosity and really unforgiveness because we're such a selfish, unintentional. It's just the culture of America. It's an un I, I don't think it's intentional. I'm not saying that God through our arguments thing, but there's so many barriers that it's called the Holy Ghost to be able to flow. So. Mm. Yeah, brother. So, you know, it's interesting when we look at Yeshua in Matthew 12, 31, he talks about the bl the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, if you've ever read that, uh, sorry, guys, I'm just tuning my thing here. Hello, hello, hello. So if you've ever read that, um, he says he talks about like the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. He says, you know, you can be forgiven if you blaspheme against the Son. You can be forgiven if you blaspheme against the Father. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, He's like um, that he will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. And, you know, we have to then ask the question, like, why? What is it about that, that the Holy Spirit's blasphemy, that is what is the unforgivable one? And, you know, it's kind of like what it's, it's connected to what you mentioned, because the spirit that we are filled with is what is going to determine the fruit that comes out of us. And that's why he talked to the Pharisees and said, you know, you're either from this kingdom or you're from that kingdom. And what kingdom are you from? Because the kingdom that you're from, the spirit that you have is going to determine the fruits that come out of you. And he says, you know, you bird of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil from out of the abundance of the mouth, of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, you know, and, and I think that's so important because when we start drifting into this place of what kingdom are we really from, now we start seeing a lot of the stuff that we do see and even in groups of believers when they start going really weird with things. And um, it, yeah, so brother, I, I agree with you. You know, I think that this all comes down to the idea of prayer and how important is prayer to the average American Christian believer um, because I remember leading my leading up to that encounter I had prayer was like I would spend so much time just praying and this was not an obligation like an ob a thing I had to do because I feel obligated to this was something I did because I really wanted to and there's a big difference there because it's like let's just say my wife i tell her i hey, we have to go on a date honey because it's my it's my obligation to go on this date with you <laughs> you know it's it's kind of weird um she would feel like do you go because that's what a good husband does or do you want to go because you actually love me and and i i think sometimes the reason we're praying is because we feel like we have to instead of because we just love God. And hey, I just want to spend time in my father's presence. I want to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Is that why we pray? Because if that's not the reason you go into prayer, you might as I always want to say like you might as well not because it's God wants you to want to spend time with him. And that's where that relationship is cultivated that we then from there we start seeing the power of the spirit show up in our life and the last thing i'll say before i, I hand it back to you here is 
if if you want God to show up, you know, if we want God to show up in 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 public when we are trying to talk about him, represent him or whatever, you better have been spending time with him in private first. Because if you don't spend time with him in private, how will you have the confidence that he's going to show up for you in public? It's like uh, my wife, I I spend time a lot of time with her in private. So when I'm in public with her, I know exactly what she's going to say before she does, how she's going to act, how she, you know, all these things because we know each other. But if I didn't have a relationship with her in private, it's going to show in public. It, anyone is going to see like there's something wrong here, right? So, yeah, man, what do you think about that? Yeah, I know that's, I think you really hit the nail on the head when we start thinking about prayer. Um, and my prayer life for me has became a non-negotiable, right? I think a lot of times we splash prayer in here and there and we don't realize um, one of the most powerful things that our king taught us while he walked the earth. And, and, and that's for one first and foremost is that the believer and us getting to a place where we know we're not really our own and that Paul meant that we are crucified to Christ and that we are ambassadors. And so I think one of the most powerful things that the Messiah shows us was the prayer life, the, 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 prayer, the, the prayer life, the connection, the intentional of going away. There's a reason the, the, uh, the authors of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they intentionally put in there multiple times that he would press away to go and spend time in secret and spend time connected to the Father and, and, and really spend that time in his presence. And like you said too, man, if your life is the only reason you feel like you're going to prayer because you have to, or that when you have needs, yes, go to him when we have desires and needs. But truthfully, mm -hmm. prayer is for you to hear who the creator of heaven is wanting to tell you. And we minimalize the importance of prayer. And so we're not literally making him the most important non-negotiable thing in our lives. And so when we get to a place where your subconscious, and I was kind of talking to you a little bit off the air about this, is where right now I'm at, as in, you know, the most important thing that I daily do is spend time with him in intimacy and prayer in the morning, in the evening, throughout the day, but even more than my relationship with my wife and my kids. And that just has made my relationship with my wife and my kids even better because spending time with him is, an, is a non-negotiable. And in that place is where you begin to really understand his will for your life and how he wants to use you and who he is in you and how, because it's the gospel of the kingdom. Literally, Yeshua says, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. And I think that there is this gospel message that we have delivered so often, which is repent, be baptized, repent, believe, and be baptized, right? And believe, repent, baptize, however you want to order those, right? As long as mm. But sure. 
that's the gospel of, of yeah of unto salvation and repentance but yeshua says and jesus says hey i'm not i'm I want the gospel of the kingdom and the kingdom gospel is a lot more inclusive of some other things, right? It's, it literally is the importance of understanding he wants to live in you more than you realize and be with you. And so for me, this gospel of the kingdom is literally trying to navigate my every living, breathing, awakened moment, knowing that I'm in the presence of a holy God and he's living in me. And so with every conversation, with every decision, with every behavior, with every every fear, he's here. And that is just a place where we can start to cultivate because I've learned to trying to live from the overflow, PD, where I don't give you my well. I've been saying this a lot in some of the last meetings. I, I don't burn out, and, I, and, I, and I'm resolute about that. I, I'm not afraid of burnout in life and, and being a father and being a husband and being a, in ministry and being a friend and being all these. I, I can absolutely say I am outable, and here's why. Because I don't give you, I don't give you my, my, uh, my, my light just died here, so hold on. I don't give you my well you only get my overflow people can't have the well the well is for you the, the time of intimacy with the father but you got to cultivate that right like like you said if you don't know him in secret how are you gonna how will you ever really know him and be able to to operate and and fluidity with him in public but it's in secret do you fill your well so overflow can come because i believe his first and priority his work is to make sure that you your life is absolutely sanctified and transformed and that your flesh is dying i believe the holy ghost's first work is in my life as he's carving out a home in me and i'm his temple is to kill the flesh to kill the pride the lust the ego my attitude and start to give me the fruit and and then once he's doing his primary work which is to have a great place to abide in then i believe you start seeing those supernatural elements where he's super and you're natural and he wants to flow and to use your vessel. But most of us, we're not spending time with him to have our life sanctified and to really be at a place where we're living from the overflow. So Holy Spirit's work is just constantly trying to get you to, to, to like trust God. And so he's like, yeah, I want to flow through you. I want to supernaturally work. But right. I'm just trying to fill the cup right now, and there's yeah. no overflow. It's it's like we're minimum requirement Christians, so it's kind of like oh, I, so, I, I, I want, sad. you know, I want to. God is like, I want to flow through you powerfully, but I'm just trying to get you to stay kind of alive. But <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, and there's nothing wrong, like 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 you mentioned earlier. We go through trial. We go through hard times and, and there's nothing wrong with going to the Lord in those times. And we're not always going to feel like we're on mountain top moments. But no. at the end of the day, um, ultimately, Yeshua, even in his lowest times, made himself a vessel. And if you're if you want to walk like Yeshua, you have to make yourself a vessel, even when you don't feel like it. And even when you just want to cry and look inwardly. And it's when we actually, I remember when I, I was at university 
there was a time when I was, I got this, this, I, I'm not a person who gets depressed, but I had this wave of depression who came, that came upon me out of nowhere. And I was like, what is going on? And ultimately what I decided to do was I just took a drop to jump to my car. And this was a depression that was been going for like two, three days. And I, I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. So it was pretty bad, but I jumped in my car and the Lord just put this in my heart. And I jumped in my car. I just, I just took a drive and I'm just driving. I'm just looking for opportunity. And I just see this man who's, you know, pushing like a cart and he's, and, and he looks like he needs help. And I, and I stop and I ask him, Hey, can I help you? What's going on? And he tells me, no, he, he's a, he came from a different country and something went wrong and he lost, he got mugged and he basically lost his phone and basically bad thing happened to him. And he, he got mugged so badly that his arm had like, it was just messed up. Like he was, he was, it was horrible. He was stabbed and a lot of things. And he looked like he was walking, like he, he looked like he was going to fall over, honestly. And I'm just like, I don't know what I could do for him, but I just like, let me just pray for you. And I just prayed for him there. And the Holy Spirit just like came down and, and touched this man. And so much so that by the end of it, he 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 was like, what did you do? How did you do that? Because all his pain left his arm and from the mugging from the previous night, all the pain in his bones and everything just left him. And he didn't know about Jesus at all. He had no idea. And so I just told him about him and and it was beautiful. And guess what? When I went home, I wasn't depressed anymore because I just had the opportunity to let's to see the father flow out of me like a fountain, like he said he wants to do like a fountain of living water. But if we are not going to be a fountain of living water, if we're not going to make ourselves available for him, then it's not, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a gentleman. He's going to, he wants to use us, but you have to take a step of faith to make yourself available. And man, I think that's what you were getting at. It's beautiful. And, and I, and I really encourage everyone who's listening to think about your spiritual walk with the Lord. Is it just, I'm trying to just hang on or, or are you actually saying, yes, I'm hanging on, but I, even if I feel like I'm just hanging on, I'm going to go and walk as if I'm empowered by a mighty God who has given the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I mean, man, just think about that. Like the power that raised him from the dead that couldn't keep, you know, death had no hold on him. That power lives in you. It lives in me right now. And it wants to do things like if we just believe that. And we all walk around knowing that he's in this temple and we're walking like, what could we do in this world? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. So what do you think about that? I I think that, you know, as I hear you share the stories of, of just some of the times that he's, you know, one thing I get, it's a, it's, it's a peeve of mine, and, and that's why I love you. Uh, and some I can always normally tell when people, and, and it may seem like a schematic thing, when people call the Holy Spirit it, um, or, yeah. or not him. And, I'm, and it's not to be that I'm, a, yeah. uh, I know he's bigger than just what we call him. But I feel like that lets me know so, so often where, where someone's relationship of, of really understanding 
what that acting power in their heart is because it's definitely the Holy Spirit's not in it. It's it literally it, it is oh, yeah. it is divinity and it is God and it is power and it is breathtaking and He is amazing and He can meet people where they are because He longs He longs to show you His power. He longs to show you who He is. Um, and and, and I, as you're sharing that story, I, I think back when a, a few years ago uh, I was at a meeting and I was sharing and and, and really just trying to getting out of the way and letting letting God just just do what he wanted to do and, and literally uh you know I, I try any when I'm doing any kind of ministry I, I literally I know the father not only gives me a, a direction but he's got to fill in the details um and at the end of the meeting there was a, a woman in a wheelchair and, and she she was weeping and I was talking about the the fact that we hold bitterness and we hold um, sometimes a lack of willingness to, to let go and forgive and how that will quench the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Ephesians speaks on, on chapter four about let all bitterness lay aside, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. But um, I, I, I was, there was like, a, there, was an, there was a call, people were coming forward and people were praying and she had these rods in her legs because she was in a really bad accident a year and a half, almost two years ago. And these rods were in her legs because, I mean, literally multiple rods. Her leg had been ravaged. It wasn't healing. They couldn't figure out why it wasn't healing. Um, and they thought she was going to be like that forever, maybe have to lose her leg. And there was just these rods in, in this woman's leg. And she's weeping. And I'm talking about you've got to let things go because bitterness – and, 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 and a lack to forgive, even even when somebody who has been spending time in, in secret with, with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's wanting to minister um, and, and, and empower that person through even another vehicle or another vessel, that if the bitterness and unforgiveness will literally quench his ability to flow. And so I, I asked this woman and I said, you know, God wants to heal and he is healer. But if you're grieving the Holy Spirit and there's this bitterness in, in, in this place, like like you would literally have, I don't care what you're you're saying you, you want for God to do, you've got to, there is almost like this legality of, of the, how the kingdom operates that he won't cross the threshold. He won't cross the threshold if you're continuing to harbor bitterness and unforgiveness. It's almost like, like when you think of the blood of the lamb, that he looks for the blood of the lamb over the threshold of our hearts or even actually in the Exodus story that for that 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 there would be he would pass over it it's almost like the holy ghost he can't cross the threshold if the of the blood on the doorpost is your bitterness and your lack of forgiveness and so she ended up she ended up not having this deep animosity to her ex-husband and refused because of so many uh tremendously bad things and in that meeting she starts crying out I forgive him I forgive him you know, 24 hours later, her body rejected the rods and literally within days she was up and walking and it had been ye over a year that her body would not heal. And, and man, and it was, I saw miracle after literally supernatural, just miracle from the power of when people will be getting to a place of forgiving, letting things go because he longs to intersect your life and invade you. Um, mm. But we we quench him sometimes. And so 
I think from both sides of this, right? From us longing to see him flow from us, but also there's so many of us that are desperate to have an encounter with him mm. in a place where he can begin to get us there. Mm. We've, we live in a really, this is an offended world. Um, and mm. Jesus, uh, and I'll pass this back to you, Yeshua, miracles invaded his life everywhere he went. And I don't believe it was always because he played the God card, even though he was fully God and fully man. I believe miracles invaded his life everywhere he went because he was unoffendable. And so there was never a detour or a roadblock, even on the cross, the stake. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Everywhere Yeshua went, miracles invaded his life. And it's because he was a, a constant conduit because, and I believe bitterness and, and forgiveness is a, is a, a direct mm. blocker of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Thanks for sharing that, brother. I think it's really good. I I have, ex I mean, the, the scriptures say that, you know, Yeshua said, he said, you know, um, if you have bitterness and unforgiveness towards a brother, you know, God will not forgive you because it's like this whole thing, that story about the guy who had date with his master and and then the master told him okay i'll let you go and then that guy went and he go, went to strangle the guy who was in debt to him and then when the ma original master found out about it he was like you know i forgave you you your debt but you don't want to forgive those in debt to you and then he commanded that man to be thrown in jail until he pays back every penny and yeshua said so it will be how my father will do to you if you do not forgive, if you do not release, like you mentioned, this bitterness. And it's a huge deal because, and, and look, uh, for everyone listening, you know, I understand, you know, life is oh, terrible, man. Like the things that people do to each other. But at the end of the day, we need to remember that Yeshua forgave us of everything that we've done. And if you if you truly believe that, and this is also an issue, is people don't always believe that. They intellectually say, "Yeah, I believe you forgave me," but they don't they don't even forgive themselves, and that's a whole another issue. But what I want you to do is hold, grab a hold of the fact that He did forgive you, and now understanding that, understand that grace, that kindness He gave you, and now go and extend that towards other people because we don't have the right. To have unforgiveness in our hearts in light of what he has done for us and the forgiveness that he gave us and this is why i mean this is a massive deal like nathan said uh, i mean peter um you know when he denied the messiah like the messiah said he would uh, we we read what happens thereafter it says um in luke 22 verse 62 that he peter went out and wept bitterly Okay, so Peter had this inwardly perplexed feeling of, oh my, what did I do? I have done what the Messiah said I would. And he, he had this deep repentance over that fact. And that was important because if Peter did not have that repentance, then that would have impacted his qualification to be the leader that he was and to be used the way he was. Because if he did not repent, how can he go and then be used in that way? So it's very important, you know, and and so God, he shows up for 
those who are in hearts of repentance and then also for those who are i want to add to what nathan said this those who are hungry you know it's interesting because when when we look at acts chapter 1 verse 4 it says and being assembled together with them he commanded them that they should not depart from jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which he said you have heard of me so he's saying okay wait for the promise but now when you look at that word wait it's very interesting because in the Greek, it actually is the word peramino. And peramino has a root word of just mino. And that that word in Greek actually means to stay in a given expectancy. So it's like I am, I have an expectation and I will remain steadfast in that expectation or that state. So what is the expectation that they were left with by the Messiah when he left? What was like the last thing he told them? I mean, you guys should remember, right? He's like, like, it's like amazing, like wind and everything, I'm sure. And like, the, he's just starting to be taken up there, ascending, you know, and Yeshua, is, he says in Acts 1 uh, verse 8, uh, or seven, and he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all in Judea and Samaria and unto the under, uttermost parts of the earth. And when he spoke in these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and the cloud received him out of their sight. So we see that this ex- this was not what he left them with when he when he went is expect be an expectation of the holy spirit and the power that he is going to be giving to you guys and then they went to jerusalem to wait to expect him and i believe that that's another part of it is so we repent but we also have to be hungry because the disciples were hungry i promise you after this i mean what he said and what they saw there it's like who, who wouldn't be right and now they went to wait and they were expectant that God was going to move, that God was going to do something among the people. And he did yeah. in the next chapter of the book of Acts. So I want us to I want to ask everyone listening the question, how hungry are you? How expectant are you of the Holy Spirit and for him to move in and through you? Are you are you just going through life but or are you actually like god like what are you going to do tomorrow lord what are you going to do next week god i and you know, I'm, I'm hungry i'm praying i'm fasting i'm like lord you must move because lord if you don't move my life will be worthless at the end of the day i i if you don't i feel like that man like i feel like if the holy spirit doesn't show up in my life and doesn't move through me in some measure like i'm like a wet rag laying there i'm i don't have a lot of I don't have a lot. I'm a really weak person. I don't have a lot to give to the world except for if he moves. And I think the more we get to that place, the more dependent and reliant we get on him, the more. And he loves that because he wants to show up. He really does. But we have to give him that opportunity. What do you think about all that, brother? Oh, man, it's so good, PD. I, I think of that in just to reinforce to these three points that I, as you were sharing, I feel like the Holy Spirit was just dropping in my heart, which was, um, 
you know, I know you're right. The world sucks sometimes. And there's some people that have been abused verbally, mentally, sexually. Um, I mean, literally some of the most heinous acts um, mm -hmm. on big scale and small scale. And, you know, even at the last meeting that was just at this last Sunday, I was at an Assemblies of God church and was getting to preach and it was an amazing time. Um, you know, there was so many people that came forward that needed to, to, to just begin to forgive. And, and I said, you got to just say it out of your mouth. And people were weeping and weeping because it was so, it, it had enwrapped them in such a deep space. And and what I always say is, is, is because some of the, the, the things that people were forgiving were for, you know, sexual abuses and verbal abuses and mental. I mean, there was just some really weighty stuff. But I always say, people tell people this, listen, the father knows that if you let that go, he will invade that space with so much peace. And you're not forgiving those people to validate what they've done to you. You're not forgiving them. And it doesn't justify what anyone has done to you. And it's not doesn't make it okay, but what you're allowing it to do is to allow you to get to a place where the Father wants you, where you can reach your full just shalom and peace with Him. And He also knows that when you surrender that, and He is able to really just embrace you and show you how much value and worth you have, He also knows that you will be strong enough and that you, as a, as a, as a light bearer, as you, as somebody getting uh, rising on fire, that you will have the strength to begin to be a witness to so many other hurting people that are experiencing those same things. But you will have a testimony that you found the ability to let it go. And man, your life was forever changed. And you literally are someone else's miracle. So I want to say that because, man, it, that you got to trust that God will meet you in such a deep way. And you can you can have the courage to let that go. In our last talk, we talked about risk, and that's where the Holy Spirit flows. And when you operate in that risk, and one of the riskiest things you can do is to let go of something that was a, a tremendous um, disservice to so many areas of your life. And then circling around to that part of hunger, you know, when you've we hear sometimes the verse gets hijacked from the Gospels: "Ask, seek, knock; ask, seek, knock." And we literally go and say, "God says if you ask, seek, and knock, He'll give it to you." But in context, it literally says the Holy Spirit, like "Ask, seek, and knock, and the Holy Spirit will be given unto you." And so, that's that part. If if you just continue to have that hunger and and to go after Him and to cultivate a place where He can dwell and abide in you. If you can just shift your thought process to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. It may seem irrational and practical. It doesn't make any logical, rational sense. Nathan, you're so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. Here's what I'm saying. You go after the presence of God in your life and you really be intentional of just spending time with him and learning how to spend time with who he is in you. Um, Man, you're not going to have a lack or a need for anything. I'm telling you, really make him the most, be, be hungry for that. Because that word dunamis, that the word that you will receive power on high in Acts 1, 8, it's that word dunamis, which it's all about where we get dynamite, where we get like the, even the word like destruction and all these like these words where there's explosions and demolitions and just power. 
that's what he wants to do in our lives. And they fully, I believe, you know, them being in that understanding the rhythms of of the of of the festivals, and, and even though that Messiah had just been resurrected on Passover, they would have understood, I believe, that probably the the truth of of the universe that was given on Mount Sinai was going to fall also because he says but you know the times and season for you not to know the times and season so he's using language there talking about moeds and appointed times and he says tarry and wait so i believe they really understood to an extent and they were hungry and they probably had this expectation knowing what happened at the last mount sinai experience but now there's going to be even this empowerment and so i i think if we will just turn off distractions and get to his presence and, and make non-negotiables in our heart where I'm not going to go a day with, I'm not being intentional and spending time with my king and just saying, God, I need, and maybe you're like, Nathan, I hear you, I hear beauty, but what does that even look like, right? How, what, what are you guys talking about? Well, you're gonna start somewhere and I'm talking about going into your secret place and spending time and maybe when you're ready to walk out, say, wait a minute, I'm not going to walk out. I'm going to spend five more minutes in here. And just start talking and crying out to God and start just be there and be still. And just watch what he begins to do in your life. And he's not a respecter of people. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. I, I love it. And uh, I think that if we go along that route we'll see that there's 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 a lot here you know what does that look like is what you asked and you know i want us to take a few minutes to talk about what does it look like what is spiritual gifts what is what does it mean to be walking in the spirit what is it what is it because when we look at yeshua's life you know we see the prayer like you mentioned we we definitely had him being clean we but he also then had this power that followed in many ways. And one of the ways was that these these gifts and, and I want to talk about a few of them. We, we see in 1 Corinthians 12 or 7. Uh, this is the list, the list of the spiritual gifts. So if you've never heard about them before, then this is where you would want to go to see. And I'm going to read it for us. He says um, to 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy and to, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues and you know just as a little overview from my side you know when when we look at these we see that yeshua had all of these flying through his life and when we look at paul how he's writing about these he is talking about one person as this we have another person who is who's gifted in this and and so these are are, are giftings these are things that you that someone is talented if you will in and the way i see it is the same as you know if i was a a talented writer or author you know you would you would think about someone of that nature who has a lot of books who he's written before and and all that 
or if someone is a talented baseball player you you would think he did really well you know playing championships or whatever but if someone is a is a talented author does that mean that another person cannot write unless he is an author no and if someone is a talented baseball player or whatever is does that mean that some other guy can not play baseball no right so what, what we're seeing here is like he's talking about the gifting he's saying like we have all we are all we all have a calling and we're gonna have giftings to help us in that calling but i don't want you to look at this and be like well i am this and this and all the rest of the stuff i don't want nothing to do with that and you know i, I believe that the father desires us to really seek these gifts out and that's why paul in fact said um, earnestly desire pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy right he's he's encouraging the the church there to see gifts especially these gifts that edify the rest of the church in that context and and when we look at um uh, 1 corinthians 12 verse 11 when after this list that he gives he says this all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills but now how do we know what god wills is, is is the question right and i want to just take us just two verses in matthew chapter 7 uh, verse 9 and, and we read that he says this or which one of you if his son asks for bread will give him a stone and then verse 11 if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him so at the end of the day I want to ask the question, just putting it out there, like, does God desire us to operate in spiritual gifts if if he was the one who listed them, gave them, operated in them himself? Well, I'm pretty sure these are some of the top gifts that he would want us to have and partake in. And he says that if you ask for these, like, I'm not going to give you something else. I'm, I really want you to operate and walk like like Yeshua did and so now that's what he's going to desire for us so I, I want to encourage everyone here to to look at that list and and really ask the father in your heart Lord wh what do you want me to look at what do you want me to focus on and if you've if you've been used in a certain gift look to another and be like Lord what about this one what about that one Lord I really want this I want to see this because I'm always thinking how can I build God's kingdom better? And I'm going to think, wow, you know, if I could get words of knowledge the way Yeshua did, you know, like that woman at the well, that Samaritan woman, he's telling her, yeah, you, you're right, you know, the, the man you're with right now, he's not your husband. And he's, he starts telling her all these things about her life that he's not supposed to know. And that's what shocks her so much that she goes to the town of Samaria and is the evangelist who proclaims that this messiah has arrived and the miracle was that he told me everything about me and he doesn't even know me and i'm thinking like wow lord if i could do have that just like let the father speak to my heart about that like how powerful would that be so yeah brother what do you think about spiritual gifts i think 
that um, well, we know the fullness the fullness of the spirit was on the Messiah and when the comforter came and, and Paul starts unpacking what some of these distinctions of how he wants to flow and operate through us um, I, I would encourage people what you just said here is to spend time here to read them because honestly as I travel and as we're able to just get opportunities to live life with people uh, as individuals or in, in larger groups, when you ask people, do you know even gifts of the Spirit? It's like the fruit of the Spirit. Most people are like, uh, I mean, and they can like round, ramble off like miracles or like healings or big tongues, right? But literally not even understanding how the Spirit wants to flow and to help and teach you. And, and so there is sometimes a lack of even looking for the, 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 the Yahweh God moments because you don't even understand the characteristics of how he flows sometimes, even if you've not seen them. Because the Father uses your life, and I believe every day he wants to speak to us. Every day he puts us in a place so that he can show you how good he is and how amazing he is. Not only to you, but to the people that you want to bless. And you put it last time, it's that word risk. And, and if we don't know his characteristics, we won't understand whether the opportunity that he's trying to show you, hey, this is who I am. And I can't think what you can think of the Apostle Paul in chapter 2 of this book when he says, hey, I, Paul, I didn't come with the testimony of God. I didn't come with uh, my elegant speech. I came in fear and trembling so that your faith would be in the wisdom of what my knowledge is, but in the power of God. And he is servants, men and women, who are after the heart of the Father, he would be so much more impactful of getting the ones that long to see saying and having a place to If we would get out of our head and think that we could convince them to trust God, and if we could just get to a place of being a vehicle where God can show them they can trust us. That yeah, I, I think there's certainly been a lot of um, I can convince them with how well I debate with my good arguments of why, etc. If if Moses, the one that many of us, I mean, a lot of us look to what Moses wrote down and we're like, wow, you know, and of course the Torah, I love it, love the commandments. But Moses himself was sent by God and God didn't tell Moses go and use your arguments to convince the children of Israel to leave Egypt and to convince Pharaoh to let them go and no he the whole thing was like God was Moses here's your spiritual gifts and he gave him like spiritual gifts of miracles you know amongst others and that's how he convinced them because this is what proved it, the power of the Spirit. So why do we think, and it's such a good point, brother, I love that point. Why do we think that if Moses needed the Holy Spirit back then, before the Holy Spirit was even poured out like today, 
what makes us think we can do without the Holy Spirit? That's, that's in some way even an insult to what God has given us in this age. Moses said, oh, how I long to see Israel, God's people, all be filled with the Spirit. So for us to come and be like, yeah, I don't know about that, even if it's just in our action, it's really like we're basically saying we have no idea what God has given us. We have no idea the age we're living in. We don't understand like the, the magnitude of a part of why he died. Because make no mistake, Yeshua died for our salvation and you know, remission of sins. But he also died to make us clean and for the Holy Spirit to come. Him to ascend and Holy Spirit to descend. So that's so important, brother and sister. So... I want us, we're going to give our concluding thoughts here. I want us to, you all to really tonight go and and think about this because I want to enter this year as we're still in the beginning of this new year. And I want us to enter this year being like, Lord, let this be a year of the Holy Spirit in my life. Like I'm done, like trying to just do this without the Holy Spirit the way I have been in the past and whichever area of my life. God, I need you to invade my life. Use me powerfully because that's what's in, in just side rabbit trail here. That's what I, I, I want to see to see our young generation be brought in because I think that they're, they just see a, a bunch of people oftentimes in, in the Christianity and whatever else, believers, right? They're just seeing a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge. But what they really need to see is people who have a lot of power, empowered by the Spirit of God, because that's the witness that will draw them in. What do you you think, brother? What are your concluding thoughts on this? As you were even just saying that, you know, know, yes, we know that the Messiah came for redemption and for salvation. As soon as you said it, it was almost like the Holy Spirit said, and just in my in my thought process here, it was, what did I redeem you for? Mm-hmm. I redeemed you so you could carry my presence. I redeemed you so I could abide in you. I believe that since the beginning of creation, God has wanted to create a people that he could have such deep, intimate relationship with mm-hmm. and, and could create a, uh, could he create something that was in his image and his likeness that his actual presence could abide in and the enemies i feel like since the the crucifixion resurrection and the empowerment of the sending of the comforter he's been trying to diminish minimalize and get god's people to exactly what he said not understand who we really are from the perspective from a holy God when we have a relationship or a covenant and we put the the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of our heart. So now that the Holy Ghost can, can literally empower us, he redeems you, not just for salvation, for eternal life, absolutely, but he redeems you and restored you so you could literally experience what it is to have the most supernatural un- I could I could sit here PD for the next three years and give you every descriptive, every descriptive 
synonym and every word that articulates in rhythms of the power and describing it. This is why he came for to get you to a place of the most unbelievable purpose. But that, that's what he's redeemed us for, for his presence. And if I'm the enemy, I don't want you to know that. And I just encourage you this night, in this year, for you to begin to say, listen, I don't care how much you know. Apostle Paul, that's what this movement, and, I, and I, that just the movement of people who have caught the ribbons of the part of the book, one of the reasons that I, you and I have talked about, you, you testify that you know that you feel like the Father has empowered you to continue to get people who have, have grown in biblical truth, doing Bible things, Bible ways, but to understand that in all that, to teach us about the Spirit, and for the Apostle Paul to be one of the greatest Torah teachers there are, for him to say, I don't even come telling the testimony of God. I'm not even coming with my persuasive understanding. I'm coming in fear and trembling. So your wisdom isn't in men or your faith, but your faith in him. And man, that's powerful. That's my prayer is, is, is just that place. When you get to a place where you don't go a second without thinking that he's with you. Everything will change in your life, and you Amen. will see him in way and manifest in ways that will blow your mind. Amen. Yeah, I couldn't have said that part better myself. Thank you so much for sharing, Nathan. Uh, Brothers and sisters, I hope that this live stream has blessed you. You know, tell us in the comments, you know, what you think about it, and if you have any questions, please put that in there too. And uh, we'd love to answer any of them for you maybe next time. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I pray. F I just want us to end this off in a prayer, Nathan. Um, for everyone who's listening, for the Holy Spirit in, in our lives, in all of our lives more. I need more of Him. You need more of Him. We all need more of Him. And and um, if there's anyone listening right now who feels like that way, I want you to just extend your hand to the, to the heavens and ask with us here, the Father, to empower us this year for that. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, to speak about your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you for that we are made for such a time as this, and that is to manifest your presence on earth for other people. Lord, I thank you, God, for just the freedom, Lord, that you will now bring to everyone listening who has bondage, who has uh, bitterness, who has things that they need to put on the altar and repent from God right now, Lord. We thank you for empowering them, Lord. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit to just sweep through their hearts and heal them, Lord, to the in the deepest places of their hearts now. And God, I thank you, Father, for just filling all with your spirit and power and boldness to and, and a hunger for prayer, a prayer life and intimacy with you. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, for bringing up, rising up from the ashes, something powerful in your body, Lord, that they would be a, a manifestation of your presence on earth for the world to see and behold, because Lord, the, the world needs it. This place is dark, but when it's dark, we shine brighter. So Father, help us to shine because you've made us the light of the world. In the name of Yeshua, amen. All right. Brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us. May God bless you and keep you. And we'll see you in the next video. Shalom.